The future of your child's education is in your hands. This podcast will provide you with the best parenting tips so your child can achieve the very best, including advice from leading educators and information on how to use the latest learning technology. This podcast is brought to you by CygleEd. The CygleEd app opens up the very best teaching to millions of students. And now over to your host, Melanie Graves. Hi everyone, my name is Melanie Grace and welcome to the Future of Education podcast. Uh, so today I'm uh, joined with Richard Watkins. Richard, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yes, really well, thank you. Um, staying sane during lockdown and uh, keeping busy, so uh, that's the main thing. <laughs> um, so we're delighted to have you as part of the CygleEd team um, as our head of production. Um, so I'd love to know just a bit more about you, your experience, because um, everyone's shown so much more interest in the team lately as we're, as we're growing this amazing app. Yeah, no, well, it's my pleasure. So uh, thank you for having me on the, on the podcast. Um, so a bit about my background. Um, so I've been working in the creative industries for over 27 years now. So I found, I'm a founder of a number of creative um, production companies. And I originally started as a 3D artist uh, back in 1993. And then progressed as a, a creative lead, a producer. Um, then I was asked to set up a few companies for some big American um, organizations. And then kind of moved through the whole pipeline, really, as a headhunter, then as a production and creative director, creative consultant. And now um, I'm more in this uh, creative and technology innovation. And now I suppose you'd call me a, a creative entrepreneur, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I've, 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 I've sort of worn many hats and, uh, and gone through the whole pipeline. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I certainly am. I was having a look through your LinkedIn and obviously working closely with you. I can see that, you know, so many different fantastic projects that you've worked on and, um, you know, the content you created is amazing. Thank you. No, it's been, it's been a lot of it. So, uh, you know, you never get bored. Definitely. So, um, so what have kind of been the favorite projects that you've worked on previously? I know you're quite limited to what you can actually talk about, but, um, is there anything that you can uh, share with us? Well, I'd say I, I was thinking about it earlier, and I think there's two that, that spring to mind, um, which were quite significant projects I really, really enjoyed. One was um, I, when I worked with Hasbro and I did an Action Man feature film. So that was a, an animated, a fully CG animated feature film. So I, I basically brought the project in, and it was my responsibility to pretty much set the whole thing up, come up with the um, the people to write the story pretty much from nothing to actually production so, and then and then get the whole team in place to actually make, I think it was about an hour and 20 minutes worth of animation. So that was a really cool project. Um, you know, not doesn't those kind of projects don't come around that often, especially when there's nothing there and they want you to do the whole thing. So that was good. And I think the other one that I really enjoyed the most was uh, when I worked directly with Nike um, or Nike, however you pronounce it from wherever you come from. Um, so we ended up flying over and working directly in Nike's headquarters in Portland, and they asked us to effectively help them do a presentation and capture uh, an idea, which uh, uh, it was basically about human performance and human capture. And that was back in, oh my God, um, when was that? 2002, 2003. And that idea actually ended up becoming or um, morphing into um, Nintendo Wii. So it was a really good, really good project. So 
really, really creative. And uh, it was literally trying to capture human movement. And the idea was for um, kids that wouldn't exercise and would game to get them exercising and then people who are exercising to get into gaming. That's brilliant. I actually remember having one uh, one of those back in the day. So uh, that's fantastic. Um, and I know there's so many different elements in production, like there's a lot that you have to manage, but are there any parts that you particularly love that are your favorite to get involved in or what are you, there must be bits that you're really passionate about. I think mine's more, um, especially being at the kind of sharp end of the production is really getting at the point where the idea is and making sure we get the idea right and picking the right technology. Because I think what most people, um, struggle with is to know which direction to go in and where I've always um, enjoyed the most is to come up with the agnostic solution and the right solution for the job and being brought in at the right point and then from that point go on and actually deliver it and create it in the best way so you know especially within CGI it's becoming pretty much uh, a staple uh, of most creative deployments now and there's so many different ways to go in and I think what we find now is that people try and push the boundaries. We very rarely do the same thing twice. So it's really exciting when a great project comes up and is an, is an opportunity to do something that no one's ever done before. And I think that's the exciting bit, but also the challenging bit because in its nature, no one's done it before. So you have to really understand what you're doing to be actually to be able to deliver it and deploy it. Definitely. That sounds um, really good. And I know that obviously you've got a fantastic team behind you. Um, so how did you kind of start off on the production side? I know you've had a lot of experience uh, in terms of where you've studied, what you've done, but which which kind of was it like the illustrations? Was it or animations? Where Which element did oh, you start did you know? with? Yeah, so I, I, start, I originally trained as an illustrator. So that's where I went to Ravensbourne Art College and I trained as a traditional illustrator. So all I ever did as a kid was draw, paint. That's all I was ever any good at. That's all I ever wanted to do. And that's kind of where my I've stayed on the path that I sort of selected as a child, really. I mean, I'm one of the very few people in my uh, in the art, in the illustration course that I studied that are actually working still within the creative industry. So that's where I started off from as, a, as an artist. And ironically, after 20 odd years I've started painting again so um you know it's kind of taken full circle uh it's bizarre but that's where I started at and that's kind of what flows for everything I do I'm 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 a, a born creative it's kind of in my DNA that's great and um does the creativity and um I know you've got a wonderful family but do your kids take interest in art do have they had a go at it oh <laughs> god yeah you know i can't especially as i started painting now um they you know i bought them both little easels so they i think they're more interested in setting up the easel and, and getting the paints out and putting the aprons on and things like that but no they both of them are quite creative in different ways you know you know one of them's very um i think probably they're going to be more into performance or acting or dancing or whatever and and um, one of the others is kind of more into kind of creating things. He's very imaginative and story-led. So, you know, they both, I think they both have a good, uh, a good degree of my creativity in them. Fantastic. Well, definitely, uh, they've got uh, the best there to learn from. So it's definitely lucky. Well, you can teach my daughter some of the dancing that you know, so. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Feels like it was decades ago now. <laughs> 
Um, so you have an, a wonderful family, um, like I was saying. So as a parent, how has lockdown been? Because I know we've spoken throughout, obviously, with the team and building Cygled, and we've had different calls. I've heard your frustration here and there. So how's it been? Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. I wouldn't say it's something I would relish going um, back into, um, if I'm honest, but I think that would be the same from any parent. I think the, the thing is with um, the lockdown learning, let's call it that, is that it certainly showed some gaps and holes in where the education system, and my kids are young, so one's four and a half and one's seven and a half. So having to educate two children um, at different age groups, a boy and a girl, so we got a really good cross section of, you know, certain personality traits and learning traits um, that they both had. I mean, I must say it was, you know, I, my wife um, took the mantle on that, so I can't claim much of the uh, the glory on it. I mean, she did an amazing job. I, I know I, I've said to her, I don't know how you did it, and I, you know, I, 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 it was never something that she would have ever relish. She's always been really good about, you know, the, doing the homework and the education, very focused. And I sort of said to her, you know, you've done an amazing job doing this. Did you ever, did you ever, you know, think about, you know, now going, maybe going to becoming an infant school teacher? I won't tell you what she said, um, but um, I don't think that'll be a a career path that she'll take. But it's been, it's been very difficult to, to connect the kids with the learning in a really focused environment. And I think it's, even though the age groups that, I have as children are different to what we would be looking at initially. It's some real takeaways and how engagement and keeping them engaged and you know what they look at and will be stimulated by and how quickly they take it in rather than just going through the motions and then you having to keep repeating it and repeating it and then still not taking it in. So it was, there were some real eye openers in, in, in some of the, the, the experience. And again, it wasn't all bad, but I think it's quite, um, I think for the children, um, it could have a significant um, direction in where they go and how they learn move, moving forward. So I think we just all got to see how that plays out now. Just hope to God we don't go into any more um, lockdowns because I don't think it's something that's conducive to the kids learning at all. I totally agree. I think that definitely in the moment, although there is kind of the end in in sight, um, obviously with mental health and how everyone's been dealing with things, it's certainly been a challenge. And like you say, as, you know, working parents and, you know, it's brilliant. Your wife's done a fantastic job, but just like you say, it takes so much time and energy, doesn't it? Mm. And although it's nice in one sense, seeing, you know, how your children are developing, what their different interests are at a deeper level, obviously when they're not at school, it's, um, you know, the teachers kind of get to experience that firsthand. But have you noticed, obviously, with the resources that are out there at the moment, obviously, there's the um, revision books, obviously, teacher teachers have been um, doing online videos, but have you noticed anything that's been really um, useful or has it been a bit of a challenge in terms of what you've used? Um, I'd say, personally, I think a lot of it's outdated. Um, the One of the big takeaways that I had was that they all of the children were forced onto um, tablets, onto iPads or or Android tablets. Everybody was forced onto a digital device. That in itself creates problems um, for the younger kids because they become obsessed. It's it's that balance of the screen time, but then you're being forced to have to do the online interactive learning. So what we've noticed is that, especially in their year groups, the school had to pivot a number of times on what they were teaching, how they were teaching and what information or knowledge or learning they were sending out. So 
the perception of certain parts of everyone was screaming at one point, do a Zoom call. We know we, we want to have it. You know, we need to have one-to-ones with the teachers. Well, we noticed that that didn't really work because the kids just tuned out. It was the patience and the interaction just wasn't there. Then we ended up supplementing some of the lessons um, and the course um, content with, you know, paid apps. That um, I think we use something called um, oh, I can't remember, uh, reading something, reading eggs or something or other. But for their demographic, it was, it, and we found that that engaged them more than what the the, um, the schools were sending out. So there was a lot of the the content that I actually I struggled to engage with, and even I can generally find the interest in most things. I think you know to take some sort of knowledge out of it. And I thought, you know, if it's not engaging me and I'm an adult, you know, how on earth is it going to engage the kids at that age? Because it was quite grown up stuff as well. So to me, it was a real, um, you know, sort of light bulb moment to say that I think that there is possibly a time where, you know, we're heading into a time now where we need to look at, relook at the education system and the content because it feels very dated. And the kids struggled to learn it. And if you think about it, they had one-on-one tutoring with my wife. So they don't get that in a classroom. So what, you know, at what level are they taking the information in and how quickly are they actually learning? Which is going to be quite interesting to see what happens now over the next few months when they're back at school and, and trying to elicit out of them what they're doing and, and how they're being taught. And, and you know, maybe, you know, in a, in, a good, in a good way that what we have had is that my wife's teaching to the kids has moved them further forward than they might have had done in school. So... It'd be interesting to see what happens, but it did feel very dated. It did. It did seem that um, the content, the teachers were forced to be very reactive to it, and um, rather than you know, you know, proactive with it. So it was, yeah, it was. It was an interesting observation. That's really interesting, and um, yeah, I guess everyone's had different experiences, and the screen time is something that's always a challenge. So it's just making sure it's balanced out, or the time is used effectively, isn't it, with their with the concentration and everything like that. So it's also um, the stimulation in the, you know, what um, sort of physically and mentally and neurologically, what's staring at a device for that period of time at that age, you know, and, and as their sort of brains develop, you know, what, what does that look like in a few years time? So, you know, we're, ne- we're never going to get away from it. Everybody is very much connected to their device. As they say, we're, what is it? We're, we're, we're fidgetal now, half human and half digital. Yes, for sure. It's it's certainly kind of uh, changing fast with the digital world and what's available. So it's, um, yeah, very interesting. And I think that definitely even when we see machine learning, AI, and I'm sure in the production world, you've seen so many things develop. Has it been quite a fast paced uh, change in industry, would you say? Well, I think this last, say, let's say the last year, we've seen an acceleration in technology. Basically, we are, we've, we've, We've closed the gap between where we suspected to be in five years' time in the last year. So we're, we're kind of at this point where we've all had to find new solutions, remote solutions, online solutions. And the problem that comes with that, even though the acceptance and willingness to use these technologies have caught you know, many, 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 many people unaware and it's forcing companies to rethink and, and organisations um, to rethink how you do things in the future. But also the technology and the infrastructure isn't quite there because they thought that they had you know another five years to get that in place. So everything is really kind of on that balance of innovation is moving forward, but technical and infrastructure is still stuck where it is. So it's gonna, I think you're gonna find you know some of the big 
technology companies really having to take a significant investment in up um, upping their um, at their outputs to cope now with this new demand. Yeah, certainly, I definitely. It sounds like an issue when there isn't balance. You know, that's the thing. It's it's great something accelerating and being brilliant, but then if everyone around hasn't quite caught up, it can be a little bit. Uh, of a challenge. So how would you say you're a team are adapting with that? Or, you know, obviously with the trends that are emerging, I think that, you know, I'm always shocked when I, I go to the cinema or I see new clips and every time you feel like you're more in the movie or I think I watched one film and it was almost like I felt I was in a game, you know, yeah. or and it was incredible how it was filmed or, you know, the animations that are used. So I guess there's just so much that you always need to, there's so much fun that you can uh, work with out there. Well, I think, you know, where this, this goes back to what we said about CGI. Now, you know, the whole industry is, the, the digital production world is, you know, is, is driven by um, innovation and technology and trying to push the envelope of entertainment and engagement. So, you know, ever since things like um, Toy Story come out, God knows when that first came out, that kind of pushed the boundary of, of, of traditional child's animation. Um, now we're looking at where... I mean, I worked within the VFX industry for a while, so I was, you know, I understand the, the the lumbering beast that that is. Now, there was a point where no employees um, were ever allowed to work remotely. Everything had to be done in a secure environment because of copyright and um, leaks of, you know, sensitive information. So no one was ever allowed to work um, remotely. Now, everyone was forced to work remotely. So there was a mad flurry to... Uh, virtualize people's working um, uh, abilities and the VFX anything to do with production is hard very is hardware driven is is GPU and CPU driven huge amounts of data huge amounts of storage massive amounts of processing power and to do that and literally take a team of a hundred and something people and then say right you're now working from home and how are you going to work from home most of the hardware that the, that the people in the studios would be working could be three to 10,000 pounds per workstation. So you're not going to have one of those sitting around at home. So they had to find innovative ways to, um, to basically turn you know, low-powered laptops into um, kind of gateways into their machines in the office. Now, with my company, um, we basically set up, we was virtualized from 2007. I always believed that as the, the internet um, and, and online grew, there was no need to have physical bums on seats. It was something that it just was never in, in, in on my radar. So we built our, um, our collective and our, 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 the way that we work based on collaboration and remote virtual working. So for us, when the pandemic hit, it wasn't really, you know, we didn't really see an impact. Ironically, now people are looking at us and saying, you was an innovator and that you was quite maverick in the way that you did, but you're sort of 17 years ahead of, you know, everybody else and yes and no, because you're still reliant on the technology. So, you know, we're only using the tools that are available, but it has completely changed the way that people can work and probably will um, positively affect productivity. So you're not having to spend anything from three to four hours traveling into a studio, working late nights, waiting around for feedback to come back to you. So you're sort of twiddling your thumbs and you can be a lot more um, agile in the way that you work. So th I think this has been a significant change. And I think over the next couple of years, as the technology catches up with itself, like we said, 
everything's moved on for about you know five years um you know where they expected it to be once the technology just kicks in and we get a little bit more bandwidth um then i think this is going to be the new normal yeah well it's good that obviously we're kind of in that brink now where everything is kind of starting to emerge and grow and um it sounds like a really exciting time so it's um it's really good so um, obviously, combining your experience and obviously everything that's going on with CycleEd at the moment, what excites you about the project? You know, with what you're going to bring into it, is there anything that you're really passionate about, or you're, you know, what's on the top of your mind? Well, I think the way CycleEd's, um, especially now when it, when it, when we originally started talking about the project, especially over this last year, the change that we've seen within the education platform. So. You know, I'm passionate about knowledge, sharing knowledge and understanding how people learn and learning in an efficient way. So, you know, because most of the stuff that we learn, we don't need all of it. We just need certain parts of interest. We, we weren't designed to hold, you know, immense amounts of information. And I think what's great about the project is that we now have an opportunity to change and influence the way that people, people are going to, or let's say students, are going to learn absorb engage and use that information and also there should be a lot of information coming out about how we emotionally connect to that information because if we connect with the information and knowledge emotionally then we're much more likely to take it on and do something with it so this is the thing that excites me is, is where we're going to find you know that new platform that setting that new standard for you know digital um, online learning and what that looks like how how we can tailor that so people can you know it it works to the individual's attention so they take it in and learn in their own unique way so i think this is you know is an an, an an amazing opportunity to do this and do it in a way that's going to future proof for a new digital age i think excellent yeah the data aspect is really exciting like you say just making things more you know catered towards the individual and not making it feel so general as it it is at the moment uh, obviously having such large classes and being difficult to see you know a student as their own rather than in a certain year group or um you know a quite generic uh, situation um so obviously i know that you've um, you've kind of touched on different courses yourself previously and you're a big fan so is there any that you're looking into now or how's your course going <laughs> yeah no so it's again it's it's one of those things where you know, when you when you've done something for a long time, you get so much you know um, crucial knowledge. And I'm a great fan of learning from expert doers rather than expert sayers. And I think that's something that where I think the education industry um, needs to start looking a little bit wider field um, to people who have real world experience and. Kind of bringing that back into giving a, a, a kind of rounded, holistic view. I mean, for me personally, is that you know I've learned lots about creative techniques, um, technical um, ways to do things, how to use the programs, how to um, deliver images, animations, uh, real-time experiences. But what you're not taught are the bits that wrap around it. What you're not taught about is how to be able to organize your your mind to get yourself in a space to learn or to get out of overwhelm or when you hit roadblocks and to hold how you solve solutions. And, and again, 
when you're and your head goes down and it, i suppose as they say where your head goes your body follows and i think there's so many things that we need to reattach to learning to maximize um the way we take information in and use it and kind of be, almost be that um, you know the, the the guard of your own mind because there's so much coming at you and, you, and we weren't as i said we weren't designed to you know retain all of this information we were, we're designed to take what we need and process it and move it forward um so personally i you know i you know the course that i've put and been doing and is, is very much based on giving real world experience of how to get from zero to um being a pro i suppose so and i think that's quite interesting and it, it basically is the same there's a formula that works for everything can i i believe um in all, all types of education and learning so it's about the mindset then you have to know how to market yourself then you need to know the methods and then you have to know to have momentum and that's really what everything breaks down to in life and i think you know this is what you know excites me about any any type of new learning especially for the age groups that we're looking at is what do they do next arm them with not only the knowledge but the confidence and and um the ability to move forward and make those decisions which are going to propel them into their you know their future life as it were yeah that's um yeah that's really interesting like you say it's not just about you know just one part of the learning journey it's about you know bringing it all together and that you know the the textbook textbooks and what you learn in school but then also real life experience all you know it's almost like a balancing act isn't it yeah when you when you when they when when the, the sort of institutions sort of let go of your hand and it's kind of you know now go forward and multiply how do i do that <laughs> where, where does that knowledge come from i mean who's going to tell me that um and i think now especially now in this pandemic things have changed i think there's going to be a lot more um remote learning remote working um and less interaction with people that you would have learned stuff from um you know peers that you would um, you know, align with opportunities that you'd make and relationships you're going to build. I think, you know, I think a lot of that could disappear, which is interesting, um, frightening at the same point. But how do you get the, the rest of the tools that you need to move forward and, and become successful? Certainly, I am. Um, I definitely agree with that one. And certainly, I think a lot of the team members have got that entrepreneurial go get spirit. So it's nice that we've mm. all um, got a good buzz. Um, so everyone's obviously going to see your fantastic work um, on the SciGled app when things are moving forward, which will keep everyone up to date on. Um, but just in case there's anyone out there who parents of, you know, amazingly talented, creative children that love doing illustrations or animation, what can you recommend if they want to get into the industry? Well, I think the key thing is, is to is to find your niche. If you're concentrating on what you're good at, I mean, the, the, what we, what I've found, and you know, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artists and interviewed thousands of artists for various parts in my career, is that creativity is something that you're lucky to be born with. You know, the creative mind is the most fluid, amazing thing um, you could ever have been blessed with. So value it. And you no, know, you can't often put a price on it. But when you're going to go and uh, decide something to do, you're going to have to divide yourself into two parts. You're going to have to feed the um, feed the commercial side where someone wants something from you in your particular style, but also feed your creative passion, which isn't to do with anybody else who's going to commission you or pay you a salary to do it. You've got to keep your foot 
your feet in two camps to keep you growing as an individual. But my, I always say to everybody is find your niche, find what passionate, find what you love and create around that because that you only create with passion and love. And that's, that's the most important thing. If you're doing something that doesn't connect with you, then you're going to be disconnected and that's going to come, come across in your work. But also don't be afraid to try things, try different styles and get knowledge about, you know, about the industry and be, and, and be, be educated with what you think you would like to do and don't be afraid to go and try it. But I, my, I think it's, it's, such a, it's, such a big, it's such a big area now and there has never, ever been a better time to make, be a creative and make content because there's never been so many platforms that require content. So, you know, the opportunities out there if you can, you know, establish yourself, establish yourself and find yourself a niche. Excellent. Some really great advice there. Well, thank you so much um, for today, Richard. It's been lovely speaking to you and obviously um, understanding so much more about your great experience. And um, I think we're all really excited about, you know, Cyberled app and where it's going and the team's working really hard. Um, so everyone will have to um, stay connected with us and keep track of our journey. Um, so please do follow us on social. And Richard, how can everyone connect with you if um, obviously they want to reach out? So we, you can obviously connect um, connect with me through this uh, Cycle Ed um, website, or come and check me out. Um, you can find me on Facebook, or um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not not hard to find. Just uh, type me in, and, and I, you should see my 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 face pop up on lots of different platforms. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Richard, um, and have a wonderful rest of the day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Future of Education podcast by CycleEd. Please join us weekly for new episodes. Don't forget to follow us on social media at CycleEd and visit CycleEd.com to register for the app. Have a wonderful rest of the week.